Today's Bible reading comes to us from the book of Ephesians, Paul's letter, beginning in the fourth chapter, beginning in verse 22. You were taught with regard to your former way of life to put off your old self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires, to be made new in the attitude of your minds, and to put on the new self, created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. Therefore, each of you must put off falsehood and speak truthfully to your neighbor, for we are all members of one body. In your anger, do not sin. Do not let the sun go down while you are still angry, and do not give the devil a foothold. Anyone who has been stealing must steal no longer, but must work, doing something useful with their own hands, that they may have something to share with those in need. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building up others according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God, with whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, and anger, brawling and slander, along with every form of malice. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ God forgave you. This is the word of the Lord. Good morning, Axe Church Leander. This is kind of a strange video we're shooting right now. It's a bit of a break in case of emergency video uh, where Erica and I are coming back from our Hawaii vacation. It's been absolutely fantastic. And just in case our travel plans uh, got mixed up and we had to come back a little bit later than we had hoped, we wanted to make sure that we had a sermon ready and willing to go uh, for this Sunday's message. So hopefully I'm back in action and I'm with you. Uh, there's a small chance I'm back and jet lagged and thought that my current state would be a better uh, giver of God's message today, and so we could be watching the video that way as well. But let's dive in uh, to prayer, and then we're going to dive into our message for today. Heavenly Father, you're a good God. You are a God uh, who has plans for us. You are a God who uh, continually is encouraging us and challenging us and drawing us closer to who you want us to be. And so, Father, as we look at what that means for our minds and how we think about things and and what, how we learn and what we consume, Lord, I pray that you encourage us today, you challenge us today, and you draw us closer to you. We, we say this all in your son's precious name. Amen. So the, the illustration that I'm going to be going back to over and over and over again today is going to be the idea of renovating a house. And I don't know if any of you guys remember this show, but about 10 years ago, in fact, it's one of the very few reality TV shows I really enjoyed. But the show was called Extreme Home Makeover, and it had a pretty cool premise. They would take families that had some kind of challenge. Maybe one of the spouses had died, or maybe they had adopted or fostered 12 kids. Whatever reason, the family was going through some kind of struggle. And what they would do is they would put this family up for a week in vacation. And then a whole team of home designers and contractors would come in and completely redo the house. Oftentimes they would gut it down to the studs and then they would come back to this beautiful, almost magical home, right? And they would have this big reveal scene where they would say, move that bus and the bus would move away and this family would get this brand new home to be a blessing for them and for their kids. Well, that's a lot of what our scripture is talking about today, this idea of renovating, but not a physical building, but renovating our minds, renovating what happens up here, because so often what happens up here is going to direct us in our Christian life and how we love our neighbor as ourselves. 
So let's dive into scripture. This is Ephesians chapter 4, verses 22 and following. It starts off, and Paul writes to the church, You church were taught with regard to your former way of life to put off your old self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires. Paul's writing to them, and he says, You, you, you left one thing when you came into the faith. You left an old way of thinking that is being corrupted by these deceitful desires, by sin, by all the things that gunk up our lives and our minds and our community. And that word corrupted in Greek actually means to deteriorate. And any of you who have ever owned a home know that your house is always in one stage of deterioration or another, right? It's either getting better, you're doing work on it, you're repainting it, or the paint's starting to chip, or the dogs have scratched at the door, or, or the roof is starting to leak. Homes are like children that are constantly, over and over and over again, in battle with the elements, in battle with your family, and so you're either working on your home or your home is in some sort of disrepair, some sort of deterioration, and that's what uh, Paul is talking about today. Right? But then he goes on, and he contrasts it, he says, but instead to be renewed in the attitude of your minds. Corrupted means to be in deterioration. That word renew literally comes from the word renovate. God wants us to renovate our minds. Also, I do apologize if you hear the uh, roosters, they are all over this island. They're really cute, uh, but in the morning they're quite loud. So anyway, if you hear that, uh, they're a distraction for the morning, I guess. Anyway, back to this. All right, so deterioration versus renewing of our mind. And what's so interesting about the word that he uses there for renew is that it's an ongoing process. Sometimes as Christians, we can think, well, once we know Jesus, we're supposed to be perfect. We're supposed to be done. We're sanctified, right? Well, yes, we are sanctified. We are pure and loved by God, and yet it is a process. It's something that we grow into. It's something that we work on. And so this concept, this idea of renovating our mind is an ongoing process that we are going to battle and work on until we see God in the world to come, right? In the whole next section of Scripture, Paul gives some very practical ways of how we as Christians can renew our mind for the kingdom. Created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. And then this is the kicker, this is the big why of this section of Ephesians. You were created to be fully human, a full reflection of, an omega deo, the image of God in this world. And that's what it means to be fully human. The world has only ever seen one fully human individual, and that was Jesus. Pure, perfect. Everywhere he went, things got better, and he was fully human, fully God as well, 100%. But he acted out of his human side, what he was meant to be, what we were meant to be. And that's what God is getting at in this text in Ephesians. So, so therefore, and in Greek, whenever you see the therefore, this is a connecting moment. He's saying, because of all this, because you're either deteriorating or you're renovating your minds, because you were created to be like God, therefore, we're going to do this stuff. Therefore, each of you must put off 
falsehood and speak truthfully to your neighbor, for we are all members of one body. The reason why I love this section of scripture is because it's so directly applicable, not just to what we're supposed to do, but why we're supposed to do it. And you see, what Paul is saying is that when we mistreat or badmouth anyone, we are mistreating and badmouthing ourselves because we are all one body. We are all connected. We're all meant to be in one community. Sin is the thing that tears that all apart. But what Paul is saying is God is saying, no, 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 guys. When you start attacking verbally, mentally, certainly physically, someone else, you're actually attacking yourself. You're attacking yourself because of how we were designed, not as individuals or meant to be purely about our individual self, but as part of a community. Paul then goes on, he says, and in your anger, do not sin. In fact, do not let the sun go down while you are still angry and do not give the devil a foothold. You know, right now in our society, we are addicted to rage, right? Social media, news, conversations around the coffee table, conversations at school board meetings, right? We are addicted to being angry because we are all so sure we are right and everyone else is wrong. And, and don't get me wrong, we, we should stand up for what is right. And we should be passionate about things, but not out of anger or rage. Because again, the people that we are angry at, the people that we are raging at, who aren't doing what we want them to do, they are part of who God made us to be in community with. And, and anger and rage, it just pollutes everything. It just is like a special sauce for deteriorating our minds. You know, Erica and I were... A couple days ago, I'm sure we are the only couple that has ever fought about money on a vacation. But both of us were convinced we were right. And we, in our self-righteous anger, sat there stewing in it. And we get back in the car and we're trying to have a conversation, but neither one of us really want to de-escalate at the moment. Uh, and, and we're driving and we hit this beach. And we just see God's wonder, God's magic. And we took a deep breath and we realized if we stayed in that anger, if we stayed in that hurt, um, we would be missing out on what God was trying to give us. And, and so we were able to forgive one another and be honest and confess and say, you know what, I, I'm not right in this situation. I, I've got some brokenness. I've got some deterioration in my head that I'm thinking that's coming out sideways. But because we were able to forgive one another and that we were able to then enjoy one another and enjoy the present moment of what God was doing in our lives. And guys, that is what God is after. He's trying to help us live in that present moment with him and with our community. So in our anger, he says, don't, don't hold on to sin. Don't cling to sin. Release it. And it opens up our minds, it opens up our hearts to seeing what God is doing. Anyone who has been stealing must steal no longer, Paul goes on, but must work doing something useful with their hands that they may have something to share with those in need. Again, I love this section of scripture because he constantly goes back to we're doing this for other people. We're doing this because we were built to love and care for other people. Other folks, 
not just about ourselves, not just working our own careers for ourselves, our own families for ourselves, but instead to be a blessing to everyone God brings into our lives. He continues on, Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs. This is a big part of it, that they may benefit those who listen. This may be the most practical application, practical uh, advice I can give you as a pastor when it comes to how do we renew our minds. The rule of thumb is, if you are spending your mental energy consuming, reading, watching something that doesn't help you love someone better, especially someone who is different than you, according to their needs, not your needs, not what you think they need, but what God needs. If we are consuming something that is not helping us there, then stop. If the news you are watching is not helping you love your neighbor as yourself better, stop consuming that news. If the books you are reading, if the games you are playing, if the things you are seeing online or on social media are not helping you love your neighbor better as God built them, the best rule of thumb is to just stop consuming those things. Stop letting those things deteriorate your mind. Change how you see the other person. Because God has something better for you and he has something better for them than this culture that is so addicted to rage. That's tearing us apart. Literally the fabric of our society. God has something better. Paul goes on, he says, And so you do not grieve the Holy Spirit with whom you have been sealed for the day of redemption. Why, why is the Holy Spirit grieving when we do that stuff? Well, because the, the people we're attacking are also made in God's image, are also built and designed and loved by God. And, and when we live in those head spaces, when we consume that media that then changes how we see the other, the Holy Spirit is grieved. There's a quote from C.S. Lewis. There are no ordinary people. You have never talked to a mere mortal, C.S. Lewis says. Why have you not talked to a mere mortal? Because all of us were designed for eternity. All of us were designed with the image of God. That person that you dislike the most or that type of person that you dislike the most because they think one way or they vote one way or they want schools to go one way, whoever that person is, they were designed by God. They are no mere mortals, C.S. Lewis says. And he goes on, he says, it is immortals, eternals whom we joke with, work with, marry, snub, or exploit. Everyone that we come in contact with has the image of God, is meant for eternity. And we, and we should treat everyone, friends and enemies, with that reverence, with that respect, even when we disagree with them. In fact, especially when we disagree with them. Paul then goes on to say, get rid of all bitterness and rage and anger, brawling and slander, along with every form of malice. I'm going to read that again. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, brawling, slander, along with every form of malice. And there's a lot of that stuff right now, isn't there? 
lot of brawling, a lot of slander, just outright talk that has no place in society, let alone a Christian world. And I'm not even talking about America, I'm just talking about the church. It's infected all of us, and I think we all need actually a time of confession now. A time to realize that the stuff that we are consuming is causing us to feel bitterness, or rage, or malice, or anger towards someone else. So this is actually going to be our time of confession right now. We are going to come and just spend a little bit of time thinking, what is it that we are consuming that is causing us to see the other not as the image of God? Not as who he created us to be. And in fact, that is actually tearing us apart from who he's created us to be in life with. Let's, let's take a moment to confess. Heavenly Father, Lord, It's so easy to get wrapped up in the ways of the world. Lord, whether it's the, the, the nightly TV show that we're watching that's not causing us to see people like you, the emails that we're reading, Lord, uh, the way we're looking at our physical neighbor who may be acting in a way that, that we wish they didn't, family members who have hurt us or have slighted us in some way, Lord, I don't know who it is. I don't know uh, the specifics, Lord, but I know I struggle with consuming things that rip me apart, Lord. And, and I know every member of this church does. Lord, and so we confess to you now those places. Lord, we repent, saying we want to turn from them. We want to turn off those external voices that we can better hear what you're doing and what you made us to do and to think and to see. There's good news, though. Because in confession, there is immediate absolution. Paul goes on and he says, So be kind and compassionate to one another. Feel for one another. Empathize with one another. Forgiving each other, just as in Christ God forgave you. Just as in Jesus, we are forgiven. Even when we have deteriorated our minds, even when we've consumed that stuff, we are still forgiven by God. And hear this clearly, church, you are forgiven. God loves you. And he still wants to renovate your mind. He still wants to help you consume things, be shaped with the things of God that we may better love our neighbor as ourselves. That we can build others up according to their needs, not our own faulty thinking, but understanding who God made them to be and bringing out the best in them, whether it's our children or our spouses or our neighbors, our schools, our communities, and even to the world. Church, this is good news. We have a God who is not done with you yet. We have a God who's not done with me yet, who is going to continue to help us renovate our minds that they may think better, more like him, that we may act better and be a better reflection of who he made us to be. Amen, church. Can't wait to see you guys again soon. Do good. God bless. Team Jesus.